Hello everybody, it's me, producer Ross, and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where fans have their say on their club. And this will be the final one of 2020, Kings of Anglia. It's been a great year for us on a podcast. In the world and supporting town, not so much. One good thing that happened this year, though, was the birth of this podcast and meeting these great guys. Some of them I already met before 2020, but it's good to have them involved. And it's good old David, Thomas, John, Harvey, Brad and Liam. They're all joining me to review a year that hasn't been so good for town and in the world. But we won't get into the COVID sort of stuff because uh, we don't want to hear about that, do we? But um, yes, let's get right into it. A lot to talk about. And I uh, hope you all had a good Christmas. And um, if you're listening to this in the new year, happy new year. So the first man I'm going to introduce and get his three words to describe town in 2020 is good old Liam from Crew, a man who I probably saw the most in 2020 in person uh, because we only live you know, around the corner. And when we were allowed to actually, you know, socialize together, we had little walks and stuff. But Liam... Welcome to the show again, and um, your three words to describe town. Keep it clean, but I understand there's going to be um, some frustration as well. Um, well, my three words are Germany, nay, and normal. Uh, I believe that is our season told, in a nutshell, from our own manager, who... Um, basically continued to tell us about his exploits in Germany to refer to his bigger club mentality. Uh, And of course, that this team that is currently languishing outside the playoffs and struggling again is not normal. So um, I think those three words are pretty good to describe how this season has gone, really. Ironically. Yes. Oh, well played there, my. So that's a, that's going to be a hard one to top. So I want to go over to Brad next because he's a man who I only just became friends with on this show, um, bringing him on game day extra time, and it's nice to to meet him. I haven't met him in person yet, but that is um, hopefully in the pipeline next year at some point. We're allowed to, you know, when the pubs and all that are open. But um, Brad, hope you had a good Christmas, and uh, your three words to describe town in this terrible 2020 year. Yeah, thanks for having me on, and and uh, yeah, like you say, thanks for having me on the podcast. I've really enjoyed being on it. Um, yeah, probably my personal town highlight is actually joining this podcast. Um, so, yeah, getting to chat with you all and that, and that gives you something to look forward to each each week. And that it's, it's just been really good. Um, apart from a football, and my three words: Kane, Vincent, Young, because they are three words. But if he would have stayed fit. At the start of January, I feel like we would have been promoted. We had that absolute um, just carnage of changing the formations and Edwards at right back and uh, just could never get that side really sorted. And I feel as if he would have kept fit, um, he, let's be honest, he was our most creative force from right back in the nine games that he played. And if he would have kept fit, yeah, we were top in January uh, playing that 3-5-2, weren't we? But I feel if he would have played a wing back in that formation as opposed to Guion. Or um, even just a solid right back um, and gone on like he was, I feel like we would have been promoted. And even this time around, we'd have been seeing probably better performances because I just rate him that highly. Um, and it's also because he has three names in his name. So that's why I've chosen three words. So Kane, Vincent Young. Love that. And uh, will we see him in 2021? Probably not. <laughs> uh, 
be the same next year. Ask me, ask me what my 2021 was like. I'll say. Yeah, I think that will be one of our wishes. Is hopefully he will at least play a game um, of football. I'm going to go over to good old John Watson next because uh, he's a man that I've probably seen the most on Skype during these times. We've probably seen each other the most. Uh, I've probably seen you more on Skype than my bloody missus because she's working all the time. But um, John, hope you had a good Christmas and uh, your three words to describe town. I had a great Christmas. Thanks, Ross. Always a pleasure to be on. Good to speak to you. We've become uh, Skype buddies, haven't we, over the last few months? Um, echo what Brad was saying about um, it's lovely to be um, involved in the pod. So um, thanks for having us all on. It's, it's good to chat to people about our beloved town, even if it has been a poor year. Um, so my three words, I was going to say really, really good, really, really good over and over again. Um, but I'm going to go for my, that. That would be somebody else's um, take. My take is disappointingly bang average because that's what we are. But uh, David, it's been a pleasure to have you involved in the podcast. You know, I, I met you for the first time, I think, in 2019. So that was a, a sort of better year this year. I've, I think I've only. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, I hope you had a good Christmas. Um, and yeah, three words for yourself to describe 2020 for town. Uh, yeah, Christmas was good. I thoroughly enjoyed Christmas. Um, I had got, I got my rants out of the way about uh, changes to Christmas early December. So by the time it came along, I just enjoyed it. <laughs> Town, three words. Um, bollocks Groundhog Day. <laughs> it, it, it's like that cheap remake that you, you picked up, sort of like, unfortunately, on Netflix. And you didn't really intend to watch it, but you just couldn't stop because it was that shit. Um it's just the same thing over and over and over and over again, isn't it? But you never make any progress. Because at least Bill Murray actually learns from his mistakes. But no, we don't. It's just going to carry on the same way. And every single day, we're going to step in that puddle. Yeah. Brilliant. And um, I'm going to go over to Thomas. So I'm going to leave Harvey till last. because. Oh, also, I forgot John. New friend of the show on Kings of Anglia. Sorry, I completely forgot about that. Lot, just yeah, brilliant. Of course, you join Harvey in that, and uh, maybe one day everyone else is part of this gate exercise. I, even, I sent Stuart and Andy in that Christmas card, and I didn't get anything. Yeah, well, some well. of us have got it, David, and some of us haven't. Do you know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> right, we won't get into that. We won't get into that. That's Sutton, you know, later down the road. But um, I'm going to go over to definitely one of my friends, good old Thomas. How are you doing? Hope you had a good Christmas. And I'm, I'm interested to know what your three words are going to be. Um, yeah, I had a good Christmas, thank you. Um, still a bit shocked by the Luke Harper news, but obviously no one else is going to know that on this podcast, so we're not going to talk about that too much. Um, I, I know I know of it, but yeah, that's yeah. Bad, bad news, but we won't get into yeah. that yet. No, um, but anyway, um, well, as everyone else hasn't gone too serious, with the, I was going to go with my first original thoughts, which was January, February, March, where we were top in January and then... Apparently, according to Lambert, we all went to shit in February and March, and we ended up 11th. So that was the that was my uh, piss take of the year. I had serious serious words as well, but obviously everyone else has gone not so serious. So I'm not going to say them. <laughs> go, go for it. Go for it. You know. Well, I was average 11th and disappointing, really. Uh, that's all that needs to be said, really. <laughs> length, yeah, finished 11th, our worst finish in... 53 years, um, since 1953, sorry, wasn't it 1953? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, it's just 
absolutely poor year for us. Yeah, we're going to try our best not to be too, you know, <laughs> too sad and, you know, depressing. <laughs> we're going to try our best to bring up the spirits, but it's been a terrible year, isn't it? So, um, Harvey, let's end the free words of Scribe Town in 2020. Um, hope you had a good Christmas in good old Wales. Um, have you had snow? I know um, up in Scotland where Liam is at the moment, there's a lot of snow. He's sending me videos and pictures all the time. Uh, is it snowing in, in Wales? We've had we've had a little bit today, a little bit. Um, I was a bit worried about my little poor fiesta on the way to work, I'm not going to lie, but uh, I made it. Um, lovely Christmas, though. So, yeah, nice to be uh, nice to be back on and echo what the, the boys have said, really. It's, it's been a pleasure to be a part of it each week and well, every other week as it is with me because of my working arrangements. But... Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed meeting everyone virtually. And as what's been said, we can hopefully, sooner rather than later, um, you know, all meet face to face. In terms of the uh, the three words, I'm afraid I won't be lifting the mood. Um, my three words, my overwhelming kind of emotion that I can I can think of would be um, predictable, underwhelming, and bizarre. And I'll start with bizarre because. The reason I say that is just, a, a, well, various reasons, to be fair with you. Um, you could go from Lambert's useless with 4-4-2 and then playing 4-4-2 for the last 20 minutes of the next game. You could go with Lambert's, um, you know, mention of how Dobra's going to be in the side this season. They give him a new three-and-a-half-year deal, four-year deal, and then not include him in the photo. Um, there's just, there's various, various reasons. It's just been a, a bizarre a bizarre year, I think. Um, underwhelming, just where we are. I think on this pod, the theme of it the last the last few weeks has just been everyone's been feeling a little bit deflated, and I think that's what the kind of overriding emotion for, for most of us at the moment. Unpredictable, just because we're Ipswich Town, and that's what we do. We we manage to to fuck things up basically somehow every single season, um, and this season isn't any different. Um, I don't think the recruitment was good enough. Uh, to, to start with, I don't think our recruitment has, has really ever been good enough. Um, granted, under Mick, it, it was it it was good because he you know Mick knew what what player you know he wanted to to get for a particular job. Um, but apart from that, our recruitment's never been never been outstanding. So those would be my three words. Um, hopefully, this time next year we'll be having this discussion in a much better place. But I'm not as confident as I'd like to be, unfortunately. Yes, definitely. So there we go. A lot of different words there. And uh, the next man to talk about is Paul Lambert and um, talk about January, uh, the beginning of the year. Um, and New Year's Day, we got the bizarrest news ever. Uh, I don't think any of us were expecting this. After a terrible November, terrible December, um, you know, the 5-3 lock-in at Lincoln. Uh, you know, losing five three at Lincoln is just oh, dear me, that was just terrible. Uh, Thomas, you 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 drove me to that game, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that was that was yeah, yeah, that was not good. Um, but yes, Paul Lambert was given a five year deal before the Wickham Wanderers game on New Year's Day. I think everybody was just shocked and just thinking, what? And uh, what I'm going to do is going to get all your take on Paul Lambert's. One year of his um of his first year of his five year deal. Uh, um, I want to go firstly to David because I know this is a, a one of his favourite topics to talk about. I'm um, talking about Paul Lambert, but uh, can you remember your reaction when he was given that five year deal? 
I can remember it, but I'm not going to repeat it here because, um, I mean, I have a reputation for swearing, but they're, they're, I, I, I could try and replicate it for you if you want, but they, I mean, it'd probably end up with a lot of bleeping. Um, I was expecting to hear he'd been sacked. Um, I, I still find it, I'm incredulous that any vaguely sentient human being could give somebody a four-year contract at the point when things weren't going well. And I know that um, because he's an imbecile um, and presumably only reads things in German, German, then he says it all started to go wrong at the end of January, but it didn't. It started to go wrong when he pissed around the team around when Rochdale was postponed because of um, some of our under-23s going away on international duty. Um, then we spent about the next three months playing 15 different formations while we pissed around in, in cup competitions trying to lose them very badly. And we never got back from that. So it was that point where it all went tits up. I mean, it wasn't convincing before that, but that's where it went tits up that season. He's talking nonsense when he says it's January, February. And that's one of my biggest problems with Lambert has been the fact that he talks shit. I don't, I mean, lots of managers will talk a lot and say nothing because they don't want to provide hostages to the for, to fortune. You get occasional managers who are quite good value because they're honest. You get wonderful ones like Bielsa who go off on 45-minute discussions about why and why their tactics aren't bad defensively or something. I would love to have something like that. Um, it would be, I mean, can you imagine how podcasts, if we had a manager who went on 45-minute discussions about why their side isn't defensively naive? That would, rather than just having this annual cyclical, why are we shit and why shouldn't we have given that twat a, a contract? Um, I think it's ludicrous giving somebody a contract when they're not doing brilliantly. When there aren't people hovering around going, oh, I quite fancy him. And if we got a young up and coming manager and we'd done well two, for two seasons and his contract was got 18 months to run, you could understand why, because you've got some bigger clubs hovering. But was there any speculation that anybody wanted him ever for anything apart from cleaning the floor, perhaps? Um, it, it's. Biggest belief. It's it's the same thing as Pardew. I mean, why was Pardew given an eight-year contract at Newcastle? Football doesn't work that way. Um, I mean, it, it, one of the things in 2020 that happened was that Pardew's contract at Newcastle ran out. Newcastle stopped paying Pardew this year, um, which is madness. I mean, he's had about 14 jobs since then, hasn't he? But Newcastle only stopped paying him this year. If only we were in that position to be paying off Lambert's contract in three years' time because that would suggest he'd gone. Um, he, I would have a modicum of respect for him and accept a little bit more if after a game, I don't want him to throw players under the bus, but if he came out and said, you know, that wasn't very good, but we got away with the win. Or, you know... We made, we made mistakes at the back and that's what caused the problem there and we need to do better in this. You know, McCarthy used to. Other managers have said, you know, without throwing people, you know, slating players. But he took whatever, you, I mean, you see something and you see some diabolical piece of nonsense and he comes out and says it's fantastic. 
you see a youngster having a bright game and he's the one they cho he chooses to you know have a go at so i can't believe that he's got a plan it just strikes me he's just hurling things at the wall and he hurls statements he's having a go at the press after the oxford game and then being sort of all, all cryptic the next game it, it i mean Maybe the whole entertainment that has been this year has got to him, and he's just sort of when we're not when he's not got a camera in his face, he's just sitting gently into in a corner, staring at a wall, rocking gently backwards and forwards, and he he, he just then comes out and starts sort of spouting stuff afterwards. I don't know, but no, I mean it was a disaster when it started to happen. He should have been sacked at the start, not given a four-year contract, and nothing's got better since. Um, I don't think it will get better until such time as we actually finish a, a season. And we're outside of the top six because um, I don't think that if we scrape into the top six that we've got the winning mentality or the resilience in a knockout tournament like the playoffs are. Um, if we make it, then it'll go down as one of those, oh, well, we had injuries, we had something else going on in 2020, we could have done better if, and all of those things, and he'll carry on. We need, if he's... But, you know, there's so many what-ifs. I just don't believe that if we did scrape it, then we went up, that he would do anything in the championship. I just think he's a waste of time. I think the players know it. I think the press know it. I think the fans know it. I think he knows it, really. And that's probably why he talks such shit. Well, well said. I think that's, you know, I'm sure everyone else is going to echo what you said. Um, so what I'll do is I'll go to everybody and their just their reaction when this came out, because um, I'm sure, you know, we're all going to repeat the sort of same thing about Lambert. So um, I'm going to go over to Lynn first to get your, can you remember your reaction when he was given his five-year deal? And, you know, what are you feeling, you know, back after the Lincoln City game? You know, we lost 5-3 and we weren't doing so great. You know, did you feel... Well, you think he would actually get sacked then more than a five-year deal? Well, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with David on that. Um, I, I distinctly remember, I mean, he's done this all year. He's, he's played these little mind games where it's uh, when he's been asked about his future, he goes, well, it, it's, it's up to Evans. Um, uh, I'm, I'm happy with whatever he decides. If, if he wants to make a change, brilliant. That's fine. I've got no issues with that, which is just like basically him just taking the pressure off, off himself of basically being asked all these questions about his future. And he did. And this is how it all started just before um, the obviously the announcement came out. I think it was after the Lincoln game and before the Wiccan game. I'm sure it was the press conference there. But he he was asked about his future, and he he put out all. It might have been a little bit earlier than that, but um, it was certainly around that period where he suddenly raised these questions about his future out of absolutely nowhere. I don't think anyone was clamouring to ask him about it, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he starts talking about well, if Evans wants to make a change, he's in his own right to do it. And this, that, and the other, and people started thinking, well, hang on, what's 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 happening here? Is is there something going on in the background that uh, we don't know that's going to happen very soon? And then, of course, on New Year's Day, slapped with a new five-year contract, and I don't think anyone 
saw that coming. Um, and I just completely agree with David that it's not going to get us anywhere. Um, I, I've I've had a. I, I don't think he's tactically astute enough. Um, he he obviously made all his changes um, in the first part of the year in in the curtailed season um, and through obviously the start of the 2019-20 season and we all all call for him to do something and be a bit more structured and have a a kind of pattern of play. He then changed that over the summer and stuck to a formation and now that he's stuck to a formation, he's almost gone the other way and now isn't changing when he needs to change during a game, if that style or formation that he, he is putting out suddenly isn't working and it just won't get us anywhere. He needs to be more proactive. He needs to change things if it's not working, regardless of whether it's maybe not in the philosophy. Because at the end of the day, it's all right having the philosophy, but successful teams don't win matches every game playing beautiful football even the better sides sometimes have to change things up and do something different to win certain games when especially when they're not playing well and I just don't see that with with Paul Lambert we just don't don't change anything um I just don't think he said he learned in the summer from last season I just don't think he has and and um if we do somehow manage to potentially maybe shithouse ourselves into the playoffs and get in back into the championship, I, I think we're we're candidates to come straight back down the way it is at the moment. Um, so yeah, not a lot of positives really to say about him. Definitely. And uh, Brad, I didn't even know who you were back at New Year's <laughs> Day in 2020. Um, so. I'll be interested to hear, you know, your feelings of when this was announced and uh, were you sort of like not wanting Lambert here anymore after that that terrible run we had at the end of 2019? Yeah, when that was announced, um, it was, yeah, was it the Lincoln game or the day after or something like that? Well, anyway, I was, I was up in Lincoln because um, my brother-in-law lives in Lincoln and um, we all stayed at his for the weekend. It was a really nice family weekend, but... Um, Watching the game and then receiving that news, I just just couldn't believe. It. I dropped my phone. I went. I, I just literally was shocked. I went. I went downstairs and told everyone because they're all Twitch fans. They couldn't believe it. My other side of my family couldn't believe. It. Just who who could believe it? Who could believe it? a guy who had been on the run of form that we had? Um, and we we were fourth at the time, weren't we? But we'd come from being first, leading by about seven points in in October, down to fourth, and um. I know the negotiations started in November. Um, I don't know if it was actually signed in November, but even in November, it, it was the, the tracks were starting to appear. The Gillingham game before the before the Lincoln game, the Boston Day game, that was probably one of the worst performances I've seen from a town side in recent years. It was diabolical. They couldn't create anything that day. Uh, they were just awful all over pitch. Gillingham were just sitting back waiting for us to attack, but we had absolutely nothing about us. Um, then you go up to Lincoln. Not expecting anything, get absolutely just tonked by him. Walter Grant, um, Hesketh absolutely ran us off a pitch that day, and we had absolutely no answer for it against the League One side, who were what twelfth at the time because Ed lost the Cowleys that year. Mm. Um, 
it's just embarrassing. And then, and then to see that, you almost thought you'd skip forward a few months and seen it as an April Fool's joke. <laughs> you, just, you just couldn't believe that this guy had got a five-year deal on the basis of what? Um, so after calming down a bit from seeing the initial news, I thought, right, Dot Wickham, um, top of the league clash. Maybe this news will boost the players a little bit. We'll see something a bit better. We were better against Wickham, but we couldn't have been any worse than we were against Lincoln. But then after that, what happened after that was, well, it was just nothing, was it? It was just meh. Just rubbish. Um, 1-0 defeats nearly every other week. Um, not really putting anything together. Ed was at right back. So <laughs> after that, it just... <laughs> There's nothing more to say about when, when when the season stopped. And then he has this epiphany in in um, the off season that oh, I'm going to play four three three. Um, a massive epiphany that he suddenly had, even though he was playing that when we first came in, and we were actually looking like we were getting into a settled system, albeit not not winning. But you could see what he was trying to do. So he has this epiphany after watching the Spurs documentary. I think that think he said. So that Spurs pre-season game must have been amazing for him, just being next to Mourinho and saying, I saw your documentary, Jose, and all of that sort of stuff. So you go into this season. We start the season. I don't know if I'm crossing over the season review a little bit, but, um, but yeah, if we are going to discuss, discuss that later, I'll leave it till then. But Lambert as a whole gives me absolutely no confidence whatsoever. Technically is poor. Um, I don't feel like the guys around him even influence him at all. They're just like his, um, almost just like his people who he controls. And if they say anything against him, they get garden leave up in Scotland. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. What else? What else can I say on him? <laughs> I want to go over to Harvey. I think he's going to be positive about this. I'm sure he was very pleased that he was given a five-year deal. Harvey. <laughs> no. Do you know what? I, I, I was surprised initially, of course, when I saw it and I thought, what what has happened here? But when I sat down and actually thought about it, it actually didn't surprise me because our owner is so out of touch with football, it's unbelievable. This bollocks five point plan that he thinks Paul Lambert, you know, is is capable of producing, whatever it is, I don't think I don't think he knows, never mind any of us. Um, I just thought that was the most Marcus Evans thing to do ever. You know, from the from the very beginning, he's just he's so tactically inept, Paul Lambert. It's unbelievable, and arguably the only manager Evans has appointed with you know an, an ounce of, of tactical knowledge. Granted, it was negative towards the end. Was was McCarthy? I don't think any other manager that he's appointed was was is capable of. of outwitting a team. You know, I remember even going back to Paul Jewell when, was it under Jewell that Daryl Murphy played left wing or something ridiculous like that? Yeah. yeah. It just, from from the start of his tenure to now, his record of, of managers has just been appalling. Um, so it, it didn't surprise me in, in a weird sort of way. Of course, that initial reaction, but I just, when you sat down, when I sat down and thought about it, it just made me think that you know, he's, he's obviously trying to trying to give him his backing, but in in a, in a stage where at the time it's it's not as bad as it is now, arguably. But there's ways you can do that without making a ridiculous decision of giving him any four or five year extension. I know that if if slash when he does get sacked or when he does leave, 
he might not necessarily be paying off that whole contract. There'll be clauses in there or whatever. But, you know, I've said before, he's he's clearly an intelligent bloke. He's made himself a lot of money in his life. But whoever's advising him football-wise, I think it's common knowledge that he's, he's got some, um, you know, football contacts or people that he relies on within the game when he makes decisions like, you know, when he's appointing a new manager or when he's, you know, giving a manager a new contract. Um, it's just utterly, utterly bizarre. And, you know, we, we sit here and we don't want to be negative. This isn't, this isn't what we want to discuss every, every time we come on this pod. You know, we want to try and be positive. We want to try and have a positive outlook. But when the club is making absolutely astonishing decisions from top to bottom, you know, there's, there's not a lot else we can, we, we can, we can say because it's just, it's staggering. It's staggering. And I've said it before. The club needs a complete reset from top to bottom. It's not just, it's not, it's not just the manager. It's not just the players. It's, it's everything from top to bottom. Um, you know, he he has put some good foundations in Lambert, I think, on certain aspects. But he's not, he's not capable enough of of taking us taking us forward anymore for me. And I completely agree with um, I forgot who was that said it that said you know if if we went to the championship, I think. With Lambert, finish arguably bottom of the league. I, I really do think that, and I hate being that negative, but I think that's the way. That's the way it is under under him. And unless something changes, this is this is going to be this is going to be the podcast for the next four years. <laughs> oh, oh dear! Please God, no! I don't happy think. New year. Well, happy, no, happy New Year and all that. Um, yeah. I want to go to a man next. I'm going to leave John till last, but I'm going to go over to Thomas, um, who pretty much said. He wasn't the man a long time ago, and you know I actually saw you at Wickham after the game, and we spoke, uh, you know, about the result, but also about the news and uh, oh dearie me, five years of uh, more Lambert. So yeah, your take on that, you know, can you remember being at Wickham and seeing that news before the game and going, are you sure five years? Are they typed that wrong? <laughs> yeah, those hours of both games, um, and fortunately for me, I've got the advantage of. You recorded me saying what I thought of Lambert's five-year contract. And whilst the guys were speaking just before, I've watched it back and reminded myself what I said, even though I kind of knew what my reaction at the time, which was kind of shocked, why, stupid. But yeah, at the time, I, was, I remember, remember saying that as well, but, you know, it's why do it then? Why announce it after you just lost 5-3 to Lincoln for a start? Um, I was looking through my memory yesterday. It was dreadful performance. I remember being... Annoyed at Lambert, Lambert wanted him to go. Wanted Norris to bugger off back to back to Wolves. But um, but yeah, like why why do it then? Why not wait until the summer? See where we are. See where we're finished. Um, obviously we had COVID this year, so it's not quite the same. But if you waited to summer, if we got promoted, then yeah, okay, fair enough. Give an extension. But as things turned out, we finished eleventh, and now we're stuck with a man who's tactically in net, like we've said. Um, it's just a stupid decision all round from from Evans, in my opinion. Um, like I said, I've, I already worked, at, well, I hadn't worked out as such, but I already began to feel like a couple of months before then uh, that he wasn't a man. Um, it was all a fraud. What he was saying was just, you know, it was just a PR stunt. And he didn't actually know what he was doing in terms of managing. And I said, and I quote, the bubble will burst. And here we are a year later. He hasn't got many fans behind him, um, and if he has, 
yeah, it's, it's, he's, he's obviously still got them around his fingers because um, he's just not the man for us. Um, I, I can't see him being here the next four years. Um, if he is, then <laughs> everything needs to kick up the arse to run us because he's just not the man for us. And we do go up, Harvey and Liam have said it, if we do go up, we'll come straight back down again. Um, he, it's just, it's not going to work, is it? <laughs> He's already he's already lost most of us fans anyway. Um, so, yeah. okay. Well, John. Now let's um, let's finish off now of us talking about that and uh, get your you know your thoughts and can you remember your your reaction when you saw this and you know it was just I a weird. Dance around the garden with delight. Yes, of course. I danced around the garden with delight, Ross. I thought it was the best decision Marcus Evans has ever made. I didn't really. I just feel like. We've been so so negative, um, but it's hard not to be. You know, I was shocked as anybody. You know, I can understand the uh, the need for continuity, and I think Lambert was wanting reassurance that he could get a little bit more. But I don't know where the five years came from at all. I really don't. I mean, two years I would have understood a, a two year with extension options, all those kind of things. I was just shocked and. I was one of those fans who got behind Lambert at the beginning, and I, I feel he's lost me now. Um, and I um, was with him, was with the team, um, but he's run his course. Um, my goodwill towards him has gone. He, he he got away with the relegation. I still think we could have stayed up that year, despite the terrible start under hers, because we weren't terrible. We just couldn't buy a win really. And I saw some decent performances at West Brom and Villa and lots of away games I went to. We actually did okay and just didn't score enough. Um, and I think he got away with that relegation season. And last year or last season was a real big, um, massive for the club. And he ultimately failed. So he failed at keeping us up and he failed at getting us in the playoffs let alone automatic. So reward a failure or double failure with a five-year contract, that doesn't happen in many walks of life, does it? In my in my profession, if I wasn't doing the job well enough, I would be told and there'll be consequences. And most of us are like that in whatever line of work we do. Um, I think the hard thing for me is he's frustrating, isn't he? I, I liked... Some, he's obviously not comfortable talking um, to the press, but he's obviously more likable off camera than he is on camera because he's got good relationships with people. But then his press conference comments are just odd. You know, whether it's like, as other people have mentioned, that the youngsters getting um, kind of criticised and not the senior pros ever, whether it's comments about... Uh, you know, just how good we were and how it's not normal. And he, I think sometimes he thinks we're stupid because he comes out with things that uh, frustrate me, like, you know, they need a little bit of help. Well, that's what you're there for. You're there to give them a bit of help. You know, the players need help. Yeah, they need coaching. They need an identity. They need a way of playing. Um, and he talks about things like, uh, they're only young lads, they're only young lads. But the, when you look at some stats that people have produced, sometimes there's other teams who have got a lot younger people in their squad. You know, our keepers aren't young. 
our fullbacks must be the oldest pair of fullbacks in the country. You know, you know, it, we're not a totally young team. We're maybe lacking some experience, but I got bored of his rhetoric and his nonsense, his comments about, oh, we're really, really good, we're really good, or it's not normal. These, oh, I'm bored of it. And actually, it's just one thing because the results haven't come. I would put up with his crap personality, if you like, with the media and with the fans, um, if we were performing better. And ultimately, we're not. Stu Watson's article today on uh, in the East Anglian was excellent. He, he made some, gave some stats out, and you know, I think he said that 2020 was a, a year as a season itself from um, January to um, December. We would finish somewhere between seventh and eleventh, and would have an average of one point six eight. I think it was points per game. I've said it many times on this pod, and three words were disappointingly bang average. That's what we are. We're a League One bang average side at the moment, and under Paul Lambert, can I see it changing now? Do you know what? I'm. I love being positive and optimistic, but. I can see us getting maybe fourth or fifth at best. Realistically, I expect us to be seventh or eighth, you know, and that's quite sad. You know, some of us, some of us, all the guys like me and David have uh, seen better, much better days, you know, much better days. I wasn't part of the glory days uh, era, but God, I saw us play some great stuff. And do you know when we we didn't quite make it under Burley those f- few seasons when we're trying to get up from the championship, then you felt we were building something. You felt we were heading somewhere. And right now, I can't say the direction of travel other than kind of, mm, is this it? Is this it? And David talked about Groundhog Day. And I, I totally get where he's coming from because other than a little bit of excitement in September, we haven't had much in 2020 to be happy about. So I'm sorry I can't be more positive, but Lambert's five-year deal, well, the proof's in the pudding. He hasn't done, he doesn't deserve the deal he got. He hasn't given the evidence to say why he deserved that. Well, there we go. We'll um, put that to the side and talk about um, the start of January because at the end of the day, I'm going to give a little bit of positivity. We actually started the year pretty well. Uh, we were actually five um, games unbeaten to start the year. Of course, the draw against Wickham. Then, of course, we beat Accrington 4-1, finally beating Accrington after the terrible games against them in the FA Cup and also in the league. Uh, then the rainy, rainy night at Oxford, a 0-0 goalless draw, which in the end was an OK result because they got in the playoffs. Then the late win against Tranmere, 2-1 win there. Then the win against Lincoln, when we could beat Lincoln. Uh, then we, of course, lost at Rotherham 1-0. But um, it was a good January. Um, of course, one signing was made, which I think a lot of us were, you know, probably annoyed and we were hoping there was going to be a few players coming in to, you know, help us. Because that's what Lambert said. He needed help. But Josh Earl was the only loan signing, the only signing in general. Um, but we're not, we're not going to go too much into depth about January. But I'm going to go over to some of you guys to get your thoughts. What I'm going to do is I'm going to split it in things. So I want to go over to Harvey first. Were you happy about January and were you frustrated though that we didn't sign anybody in January? Well, of course, one person. Yeah, I was frustrated. I was frustrated. Um, 
I thought I thought Earl was it was okay. He's doing quite well for Preston now. I think he's um, he's playing a, a bit more of an advanced kind of left wing back role. I think for them over the last few weeks, he seems to be doing quite well. So um, it it frustrated me because it, it, I think at the start of the of January, um, it was that Leo Neal came out and said that you know it's we're making it a priority to to strengthen this this window and and it just seems to be every club seems to make more progress in the transfer window than town. I mean, the, the the team I always go back to, and I know they run a hell of a lot better than we are, and I know also David hates them, um, but it's, it's Peterborough. And the reason why I say that is because every single summer, granted, you know, especially with Darren Ferguson in charge, it does seem to go, um, it does seem to go south fairly quickly, but they seem to know exactly who they're targeting 12, maybe 18 months before. And as soon as the window's open, you know, within the first week or two of the window, really, Peterborough have got the majority of their of their recruits already through the door. And it seems to be, for me, every window now, every transfer window, whether it was that January window or whether it's the summer windows, I never, ever expect much of, of town. Um, I think our recruitment... Um, situation and our, and the way we kind of do it is, is very odd. Um, I think it's Dave Bowman, isn't it, who still kind of runs that side of it, but is, is he not doing it part-time or something ridiculous like that? Or I, I don't know what, what the kind of structure is to it, but it just seems to be very, um, like I said before, underwhelming. And I, I didn't expect anything less in that January, to be honest. As soon as Leo Neal came out and made those comments that were making it a priority and we're looking to bring people in like they say every every window and we end up you know signing underwhelming players I, I wasn't surprised with it and when I say about a reset from, from the club I mean recruitment as well because you know you, there's so many good players abroad that we you know that are, are a lot cheaper perhaps as well than, than players from from this country you look at um I can't remember his name, but the centre-back Lincoln have signed, the Dutch centre-back who seems to have really, really taken to the league and he scored a lot of goals as well. And he came from, was it the second or third division in Holland? Uh, we don't seem to ever kind of branch out in terms of recruitment to different countries or anything like that. And that's been an issue for, for a few years. I know we've probably our record in terms of Balin Biner or Tommy Orr or people like that probably doesn't give Evans much confidence but I think with the right with the right people in charge of recruitment there's some really good players in the lower leagues in in France and in in Germany which surprises me even more that Lambert hasn't looked out there at some point there's some really good talent that you could that you could get out there but we just seem to be one step behind of, of every other club in that league in terms of how they do the recruitment and in terms of how you know how quickly it's done I've gone on a bit of a tangent here, but going back to the subject, yeah, January, I was disappointed, but I wasn't surprised because um, it just seemed that's just been the case for a few years now. Our recruitment hasn't been good enough. Um, Josh Earl wasn't going to get us promoted, so. Cool. Uh, your thoughts on, you know, the results? Were you, were you well, of course, we were pleased that we were winning games and, you know. Yeah, yeah, after, but I, 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 never, I never expected us to... to continue with it and, and to get promoted um you know you go back to the january that we we're in the playoffs under under mick where we could have strengthened and we didn't and it came back to 
to bite us, and it was exactly the same last season. Um, you know, there was a few okay results in there. We went unbeaten for a few games, but eventually it, it fell apart, which it, that's what happens, unfortunately, at this club. Or that's what it's been like the last few years. Yeah. I've got um, David nodding his head. I was going to leave him until February because, of course, we've got the the big game against Peterborough, which was a, a big talking point that month. But, um, David, you're nodding your head. Uh, uh, yeah, I was nodding my head a bit, or have you saying, but also shaking my head um, when you were saying about police about results. Because it is this is the thing so often, and, and I mean, jumping way forward into this season, it's the, this, the start of this season is the same as January, which is why I'm linking them together. Yeah, we drew against Wickham. Um, whoopie do, um, because Wickham was shit last season and they're shit this season. But we ought to be at least drawing with them. And the way in which they got their equaliser, I mean, it was picked up on at the time on on the television and stuff. It was the same thing as you had seen against against Lincoln. It the the chaos at the back, the lack of being able to have a proper defensive line because you've got people drifting all over the place. That's been the case for season on season. Mick was talking about it. He was saying, you know, we need to stop making silly mistakes. We need to be better organised at the back. And against Wickham, the same thing happened. Yeah, sure. We beat Accrington. Were we that much better? Did we play them off the park and destroy them, really? Um, and you, you... then you end up drawing with Oxford and you go, oh, yeah, we're, we're undefeated. But it, mm, the cracks are always there. And it's the same as the start of this season. Yes, we beat Bristol Rovers 3-0 and it's all great and it's all um, monkey-dory and we need an eight-year contract for our Messiah. <laughs> but underneath that, perhaps because we hadn't had such a turnover in the summer, perhaps all of those things play a part because our side has been very very settled for far too long in many ways but those early games we were conceding shots from distance we weren't dominating um in the way we were taking chances well but other sides were having having chances Wigan did and that's the same in January and it, it those little purple patches we have where we win two or three or we win one and draw four and everyone goes, oh, look, green shoots, which I've been mocking on the pod for the last few weeks. But the idea of these green shoots, yeah, they're sort of, it, it's clutching at straws. And January wasn't good. You got the, on the, off the back of the Lincoln result, then you managed to scrape a draw against the might of Wickham. You beat Accrington. And then sort of fizzle away into some draws. It did, uh, no. I wasn't happy then, and I'm still not happy with it. And I just see the same thing happening again. If we go on a run when we get start playing in January, I just think that it's going to be sort of four or five games, and then it'll all disintegrate again because there there isn't there isn't the culture behind it to say that there's going to be that winning thing coming through. Well, I'm going to get uh, Brad to wrap up January, um, and then we'll go into February. I'll get um, John, Liam's, and Thomas' thoughts on February, and we'll also talk about March because we only had two games in March, of course, until uh, you know the season was suspended and COVID came in. Uh, but Brad, uh, yeah, your take on January and uh, you know some wins to, to celebrate. But yeah, echo what Dave is probably going to say. Muted. Oh, he's muted. <laughs> 
that, that, that January and those wins, those wins came from a Lincoln lock-in in my eyes. Um, I feel like almost they said, right, we feel we're best in 3-5-2. Um, I don't really feel like Lambert did that. We went to 3-5-2. And what happens with us under Lambert, we tend to shock teams when we change system in a way, and which, which you do. Um, we got these like bursts of wins against Accrington. We have Judge in the 10 role and Jackson and Norwood all looking kind of good. And then you hit a sort of a wall where you, you stop creating as many chances as you had. Um, you just sort of fizzle away and then you think, oh, what now? And that's, that's what happened. I mean, January looked good because we were fourth um, at the start of the year. Won a couple of games and we were top, top against Lincoln at home, weren't we? And I, I always remember Mick Mills' words on the radio. Um, I weren't at the game, but I remember him saying um, that Ipswich Town will win this lead or at least get out of this lead um, because they've just got individuals which are just better than the opposition. That still rings true to this day, but we've got individuals better than the opposition. But you can only be, you can only get individuals to bow you out of games so many times. Um, you've got to be coached well. You've got to, you've got to go about your basics. You've got to have a way of playing. And um, this year, yeah, we've had the system for this season. We've had the system, but it's more of a hope of throw them all into this system and hope they do, hope they individually conjure up some brilliance. Because um, after a few games, sort of fizzles out with maybe a couple of players being a little bit off it because the, the actual basis of play and system isn't actually there. It's just players playing well in the system rather than the system itself. And that's what happened in January. It's just, yeah, a couple of wins, but that's because we went 3-5-2 from the 4-4-2, which we were creating absolutely nothing with. And um, got a couple of good wins, a couple of convincing wins, and that set us at the top of the league. But it, it meant absolutely nothing. Well, I tried to give some positivity, but yeah, that was the best I could. <laughs> just saying, OK, January. And... Uh, of course, uh, February was not a good month. It started off with a 4-1 defeat at home against Peterborough. Um, so I want to get Liam, John and Thomas's take um, on February and also March. We had eight games and we won one of them, the 4-1 win against Burton Albion uh, in the middle of February. Um, of course, other games were, you know, as I said, 4-1 defeat against Peterborough, 1-0 defeat at Sunderland where... Me and good old Liam from Crew, a nice little. Uh, where would where do we stay again? Outskirts of. Uh... Uh, we we're in there. We're near um, North Newcastle. Can't yeah. remember what what it was what it's called now. But oh, yeah. it was brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind. You know, like away games. You know, it's not good if you lose, but if the 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 whole day and the the whole weekend as a whole is great. But anyway. Got a bit of a tangent, uh, but that was a, a defeat, of course, against Sunderland and a goalless draw at Wimbledon. Um, good old me and me and Thomas went to that, and uh, oh, that was bloody freezing, bloody freezing. Then, um, of course, a one-nil defeat at home to Oxford. Then at that two-one uh, defeat at Blackpool, the last away game that we all attended. Um, who, or, well, John, I think, uh, and of course, David and 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 Liam, and uh, you know, got very wet, of course, at full time. And Thomas, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, got very wet. Um, and then, of course, then March, the, the final two games of the 2019-20 season ended in 1-0 defeats against Fleetwood uh, Coventry, which is a, a lovely way to end the season uh, before, of course, COVID suspended it all. But uh, Liam, I'm going to go over to you. Um, 
your thoughts, overall thoughts on all those games. You must have gone to most of them. So uh, it was uh, depressing times, wasn't it? Of course, 4 1 win against Burton was, was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Four um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll start off with, with, with a high. You, you, you got to sample my nan's cooking again uh, after the oh, Blackpool defeat. So, uh, but um, overall, yeah, not very good. Um, it was a, it basically uh, has gone to show what the whole year has been about. Um, but the guy saying in January that tracks were there, but we beat Accrington 4-1. We, we beat Lincoln uh, at home. We, we got the results um, against these teams. But again, they were all lower half teams. And as soon as we came against someone particularly decent, we were so far out of our depth. I mean, that Peterborough game, I, 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 I um, pretty much right behind the goal uh, in, in the north stand, uh, in the lower tier. And we, we were so... So out of our depth that day. I mean, um, Tony had a had a field day with us, but it wasn't just Tony. I think it was the other bloke up front as well. That can't remember his name now. I think it begins with an Dead E. But, um, yeah, that's it. Um, and and that young lad Dembele that they've still got. Um, all of them that they just ran as ragged. Um, and then I remember the Rotherham game uh, where we only lost one nil at Rotherham, but we were so, so far away from getting a result out of that game. We, we, I, I can't even remember if we created any chances in that game. We, we kept it tight and we stopped them from battering us in terms of the scoreline. But in terms of just watching the game, we were battered for the whole 90 minutes. I mean, we were bullied that night um, where Peterborough completely took us apart with pace and skill. Rotherham completely destroyed us with just brute force. Um, and we, we were nowhere. Um, the Burton game, again, uh, mid-table side, dealt with them pretty easy. But every game we played, we, we just didn't, we, we didn't look like we could get anywhere near them of any quality. And I mean, the, the, the last two in March... Um, I mean, the, the Fleetwood game, I was there that night and the toxic atmosphere after that game um, where I don't know what fans really... Well, I mean, uh, the blue action lot uh, in the far corner of the North Stand, I don't really know what they were protesting more, whether they were protesting Evans or Lambert. Um, they seemed to jump from one tune to another. Um, I think they just completely had enough. But, I mean... Basically, town were just playing head tennis with Harry Souter all night. It was it was just abysmal, um, and and we've spoken about it before. But Brett McGavin started the game and then was hooked at half time, and yet I thought that he 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 was actually one of the better players on the park than some of the the senior lads that we've spoken about in the last few weeks uh, about this whole kids complex that he seems to have where the senior players are blameless in everything um he hooked mcgavin that night and i, I don't know why because he just seemed to be the most composed out of everybody and then coventry it, no one expected um 
as to do anything. And Coventry, actually, to be fair to them, well worthy team to get promoted. They, they played some decent football, looked really good and um, deserved uh, to be up uh, to the championship in the end. Um, and again, even though it was 1-0 and there was a slight improvement from the Fleetwood performance in the week, um, again, the, the, the gap was just, just it was humongous. We, we were nowhere... We we weren't even fit enough to kind of wash their wash their boots. We we were not on the same park as them, and and that pretty much summed it all up until it came to a defeat. But I mean, the one thing that I would say is that just dodging back into January, that Oxford game where it was completely and utterly the pitch. I mean, how they managed to carry on playing, I don't really know, but. Town actually, although it wasn't great, looked better uh, on a pitch that was almost unplayable than when they played Oxford uh, the other week. So, um, so basically, that sums up sums up uh, the run up to um, pre-COVID suspension and uh, uh, pretty much now the next um, nine months or so without actually seeing any live football again. Yeah, definitely. And um, John, I actually I actually saw you twice in February in person, which was um, a rare sighting. You know, of course, Sunderland and Blackpool. Um, that that's a nice little positive to take as well from February, despite yeah. the terrible results. But uh, do your take on February and also the end of March, and of course, us finishing eleventh on points per game. Well, I think looking at February as a whole, you've got to say it was really, really disappointing. Um, if you include the two games from March, you know, one win in seven, I mean, that's relegation form, frankly, isn't it? You know, we when we only beat um, Burton, and I'm not being disrespectful, I am being disrespectful to Burton, actually, yeah. Um, but the whole, I don't think we've talked about it that much yet. I know we've talked about it a lot in the past, but it's about the results when you um, come up against a, a so-called big team or a team higher up in the table. So we had that, as Liam said, Peterborough played us off the park. Peterborough outclassed us in our own um, stadium. We went to Sunderland, and, and as you rightly said, Ross, we were there. Um, and Thomas was there as well, and Liam was there. Um, we had probably a decent first half and gave a decent account of ourselves but then didn't take any advantage and then suddenly came out second half and did better. Disappointing draw against Wimbledon. Defeat against Oxford. Blackpool, I said to you in our little um, recording that we made earlier that goes out uh, today or tomorrow, um, that the Blackpool game kind of summed up last season for me. In places, little pockets of promise and then a kick in the clems with an iron boot. And then we, 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 we went uh, up one end should have scored, gave away possession, straight down the other end and they got the winner. And it felt like we should have won, let alone get beaten. You know, there was a double whammy. And that kind of summed up supporting town for me last season. Little bits to get hopeful, little bits to get excited about, but overall simply not good enough. You add into the two March games, you know, terrible form. You know, absolutely abysmal form. Um... And I, going back to January, I was at the Rotherham game and I agree with Liam. 
We got bullied off the park against Rotherham. And kind of, they just were physical without being dirty. They were just strong. Outplayed by Peterborough. Sunderland outwitted us or used their passion or their energy better than we did. Took their chances. And there's three big clubs. We got nothing from those games. And that says a lot, I think. And unfortunately, that's continued into into this season as well. So a really sad end to what started like a promising season. Yes, and uh, over to you then, Thomas, to round off the 2019-20 season. I don't know if anybody else want to add anything else um, onto February and also March, but Thomas, uh, they were just going, eh, whatever. <laughs> but uh, Thomas, your, um, your take on those final two months of the season and, of course, COVID suspending the season. I'm very apt to talk about go last to be fair because I think I was at every game in February and March the only person here who was even you Ross weren't at one of them because you you went at Burton were you for the Man City Ipswich because we didn't do yeah, games yeah, yeah I did the women's game I had to go up yeah. but um, yeah so I, I missed us winning 4-1 so, but yeah <laughs> so it's, it's the only game we won that time and you weren't even there for us to do game day to actually spread some cheer <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. I, I was there, I was there at Sunderland and Blackpool and no, 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 draw, no, no. but no. they were terrible games. Yeah. I say we, obviously we started with Peter, didn't we? Which was utter, utter dreadful. Oh. It's, it's another game where I told Norris to bugger off. <laughs> um, I mean, put it on his right foot and then change to his left and then not being able to clear it and just automatically just putting it in the back of the net from there. You know, was it Tony? I can't remember now exactly who he did that with, yeah, but I know he. Yeah. I can't remember now, but um, yeah, it's just a dreadful performance. Um, and then to go to Sunderland, which I think, I think John will agree with me here. Sunderland first half, we were good. We looked like we could have won that. And all of a sudden, we go in nil-nil, like, which has happened with town many times before. They come out, you've got the stadium of light fans all all cheering, and all of a sudden they go one up, and we just we struggle to get back into it, and we lose the game. Um, and then that just happens for the rest of the month. Obviously, we went to Wilmington, as you remember. <laughs> What a oh. horrible, horrible game. You've probably had a better view of it than most of us did. It was just that horrible. I'm glad they've moved to us for that horrible stand. You couldn't see. It was packed, weren't it? it was to, just to, be, too... to, be, to be fair, I was lucky where I was because I was on the second row, just behind Lambert, more or less. So, obviously, give him some stick, I can't remember. But, you know, obviously, you were second row um, in the middle, near the halfway line. I just got to see more than most. The only thing I couldn't see was the corner flag to my left. So, apart from that, I think. You know, that it was just a dreadful, dreadful game. I remember us going back, moaning all the way back. And then that, that's the game where Lambert said about Connor Wickham. I remember that now, where he said, "Oh, we tried for Connor Wickham," and <laughs> obviously he couldn't start bugger off. It's just, it was just yeah, another yeah. PR stunt, wasn't it? Just to try and get us back, back it'd be, in. It'd his... be another injury as well. Sorry, yeah, probably. Yeah. Another injury. Get us back in his favour. So yeah, there was that as well. But that was just a dreadful, dreadful night. I remember getting back late that that day and then having to get up early the next day. Um, and obviously we had. Um, Oxford, Burton, oh no, Burton, sorry, after that, which we won 4-1. Obviously, it's the, again, it's just the never-ending circle that we keep talking about now. It's just, obviously, Wimbledon at the bottom of the league, but even so, to then win 4-1 brings you back into the, you know, oh, we could do this, we get playoffs, and then go to Blackpool. <laughs> and then that, which arguably, again, we could have won. I mean, Freddie, right at the end there, one-on-one chance, and then just messing it up, and then we go up there in corner. And it's another another loss, and we come away with a loss. Long trip back to mess up and just actually pissed it down. Got windy, the wind picked up, got soaked on that seat front. Just there. And then 
obviously with Fleetwood after that. I remember saying on I remember saying that game as well as like HMS biggest biggest mess of the season so ever. We we're what twelve points clear in October, and to go down to tenth or eleventh, it's yeah, it's just stupid. And then finish against Coventry, where <laughs> where I'd obviously um, I remember after the game as well being so annoyed. We lost the Coventry, just felt like we'd gone so far behind. Um, we just slipped so far down. And admittedly, though, it was the last game before COVID. I was going to go to Bristol Rovers as well. Obviously, it didn't happen. Um, but I just remember thinking, like, what, where do we go from here? Um, surely he's got to go if, if it ends like this. Well, um, Brad, I'll let you... I saw your hand. I'll let you wrap up the 2019-20 season. Let's not talk about that ever again. That's, of course, in the history books. But uh, it's not something we want to talk about very fondly about. But, uh, yes... Go ahead. I just wanted to further on Thomas's recruitment um, and everyone what I've said. I think two things, two big things happened for me in January. Um, it was the fact that Schmodix went to Peterborough instead of us. For me, he ran the show that day against us mm-hmm. rather than the two strikers. Um, if he would have come to us, if we'd have been even been in for him, I feel that like he would have made the difference in that number 10 role because we were playing 3 5 2 at the time. And Judge. I mean, yeah, he had a couple of good games, but Schmodix was a real step up on step up on Judge. And um, also, I heard, I heard a lot of really concrete rumours that Tyler Walker was on his way to us because um, he went back to Forest in January, and that all hinged on Grad and going out or stuff like that. Um, but anyway, nothing eventually came from that, and we were in for Walker that whole January, and pretty much he was going to come to us to see up the season. Um, but then that didn't happen, so. If you hinge your recruitment on one player like that and you're not directly backups and you end up just signing Josh Arnold as a left-sided centre-half, um, it's not really showing, showing you the ambition you want to get promoted with. So, yeah. So there we go. And of course, you know, there's also injuries to mention. That happened in, you know, January, February and all that. But that, of course, has been the, the same that's been happening all year long is just injuries and all that stuff. Let's get into the end bits of the pod is, um, of course, reviewing this season so far. We're just going to summarise it because we've spoken a lot already on the pod. This will be another big special for you guys. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about, of course. The whole year of 2020 has been mad. But, um, you know, 18 games been played so far. We began the season at home against Wigan. They've just been relegated. They're in administration and all that. We're ex- we didn't know what sort of team they're going to put out, but they put out a you know a decent enough team. We're on Sky, so the curse of Sky was going to be looming over us. But finally, we won on Sky. We beat Wigan two 0 and it was two uh, 0 town pretty much for the first three games. Of course, beat Bristol Rovers two 0 then beat Rochdale two 0 uh, Of course, the Blackpool, the sunny Blackpool win four one. Chambers absolute belter. Guion Edwards, my boy, scoring. Uh, then beat Aquiton 2 0, and then of course the beginning of the same old story. Oh, town, oh, town. Um, but I won't go through all the games because, of course, on this podcast, on game day extra time, we've gone and spoke about all these games in depth. So I'm just going to get everybody's take, their summarizing of the season so far. Um, and maybe if you want, add your three words to describe it as well. That's just me chucking it in there. So, I'm going to go over to Harvey because um, we haven't heard from him for a while. I want to see if he's all right. Harvey, how are you, my friend? Um, you know, your three words to described, you know, this season so far. And, uh, you know, it's been some highs, but a lot of lows. 
yeah, the three words I'd use are probably the same three words that I, that I, I started with. Um, to be honest, I think that shows where we are. Um, there are some some bright spots of the season. Um, Gwion Edwards being one of them, of course. He he's been he's looked like the player that we signed from Peterborough. Um, look like the, you know when when he's actually played in his correct position, he's he's done very well. Bishop um, has added goals to to his game, but again, he's back to his, his injury prone ways. Um, all in all. It's it's what I expected at the start of the season. Um, I said on the very first pod that we did, um, we'd be lucky to finish sixth, and I'm still of that view. Um, you know, they're, they've, we've kind of stuck with this four-three-three, which we were all asking for. But then, at the same time, as as has been discussed already, Lambert's turned completely and gone completely. In the, you know, he won't change it. He's gone stubborn. Um, so. We're just back to square one, really, as depressing as that sounds. Um, and I don't think we, you know, I don't think we've got the the capability in the squad to go up. And I don't think if we do sign anyone in January, which I'm not convinced we will, um, I don't think it's going to be enough to to get us over that line. Because the biggest hurdle we've got is that winning mentality. Um, because it's just, well, we haven't had it in years, so we'll, we'll we will fall at that, at that final hurdle ultimately for me. Okay, well, let's go over to David. I think he's going to keep it short and sweet for me. So uh, take it away, David. Um, it, it's a crock of bollocks, isn't it? Basically, um, there's nothing that wasn't expected. It'll carry on. It's bollocks. There are small bright spots. Bishop being back, but really, it's just bollocks. Yes, pretty much. And um, Brad. You're laughing. You're smiling. Um, it started so brightly. You know, we had the Blackpool 4-1 win. We were like, oh, we're just in a loving with Gwion Edwards, that goal, and just, oh, unbelievable. But since then, everything's gone downhill. But, you know, yeah. summarise the season so far. Can you see something over that hill of um, some positivity? Yeah, I can. Um, I can, because there is a big cavalry of players to come back. Um, if you look at the start of the season, you had Bishop, Dizel, Nolan as your midfield three. And in, in this league, for me, that's a top six midfield. You've, had, you've got, you got uh, two of them who've had injuries, Dizel's had suspensions. Um, so at the start of the season, yeah, we, we would keep them teams at arm's length, um, winning by two goals and actually creating quite a few chances. You've looked at our shots per game, we're around 14, 15 mark and six or seven on target and we yeah we might not have been dominating games from start to finish but we were keeping teams at arm's length and hitting at the right time um like like, like i've referred to before where uh, it, i think it was a cup game actually it was the very first game where ncr played that ball through to Dryden, who sweat at the sears you'd sort of have your position at the bad but then you'd go bang and you'd, you'd go from one end of a pitch of another and just completely take the whole team out but since then with players getting injured, you're still trying to play the same way, which is ridiculous because you can't play the same way if all of your players who've been bought to play that formation or have been trained to play that formation are now injured. You can't do it, but he just continues to do it. And they can't break the lines. They can't get in behind. And we're back to the same old story and playing this opposite side with just nowhere near it. Um, 
So the, the, the only sort of positives to look at is that, yes, we are going to have these players coming back. But I, I, re, I re, re, reiterate again, the players are going to win those games. Teddy Bishop against Gillingham in the eighth minute won that game. The actual coaching and the, the system didn't. It's individual brilliance at times which have won the games. And, OK, yeah, if you get Bishop, Downs and Dazelle in midfield, you get Norwood, Edwards, um, Lancaster on the right. OK, yes, that, those guys could get you into the top six. But I'm saying with a Paul Cook, they could probably get top two. Uh, um, so, yeah, you've, you've got to look at the positives because that's all we can do after this horrendous year has been. Um, but it's kind of just fall, falling into Groundhog Day yet again, as uh, the other guys said. And um going to go over to you, Liam, next. And, um, you know, we've not been able to go to games. Uh, I've been, you know, around your house and watched some of the games. And, you know, I think we've missed our away trips together and all that. Not Nothing sexual, just, you know, he just takes me to games. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but move on. Uh, of course, a good start to the season. Uh, compose yourself, everybody. Uh, <laughs> God. Good start to the season, uh, but then it's uh, as I was said, it's a Groundhog Day of um, same old story. But you're, you're summarising of that and uh, compose yourself. Uh, if I was to sum it up in three words, I would say green shoots where are are the three words. Um, uh, I mean the whole Evans comments um, pretty much show where the club is. Massive disconnect with the fans, as there has been throughout his whole tenure as the owner. Um, and obviously everything that we've spoken about today, including the five-year contract for Lambert. Again, no connection to the fans whatsoever, um, who have been very much against Lambert for quite a while now. A lot of people have been questioning Lambert. and. Now that the majority are now questioning Lambert, um, basically, it, it's it's just kind of well, I make the decisions. Um, he's staying, and that's exactly exactly how it's going. So um, it's what everyone said. Won't get any better, uh, a huge amount better, I'd say. I, I know what Brad is saying about the players um, coming back, but. I just don't think that it's it, it'll make a difference because it will. They are good players and, and it is a good side to have out. But I just think the way that Lambert manages the tactical side of the game and so on, I, I just think it's not going to be enough in the end of the day. Um, I think that we, we'll continue to struggle against the bigger sides um, and potentially get the results in the games that we should be getting results out of. And in the end, I think we'll get what we deserve and sit mid-table. Um, the only thing that might be positive is, well, I mean, we've, we've just put a dampener on the recruitment side of things, but Lambert has talked about potentially new faces in January. So who knows? I don't know what, what he's lining up, but I mean, at the end of the day, I just don't see where these green shoots of, of kind of anything going forward is. Um, it was a good start, but again, it was a decent 
start on the fixture list. Um, I mean, Wigan on the opening day gave us a tough time, but we got the win 2-0. Um, but ever since that Gillingham game where Bishop pulled it out of the out of the fire at the end, we've just been sleepwalking into this um, where the performances have dipped. Um, we've not looked particularly... Um, as clinical as we did after that Blackpool game, uh, and and things have just just gone, got worse and worse and worse. And we've played big teams, and again, it's been an action replay of last season where we've just been miles miles away from them on the pitch. We just we just look completely out of our depth, and even some of the games that we should have won. I mean, we go back to the Shrewsbury game. Um, and we, we just about nicked it at the end. So, I mean, come back come back to Crew. <laughs> crew, crew played, they may not be the best team uh, in the league and they won't, probably won't get promoted. Um, but you can see that they've got an identity, that they like to play football and that they've been playing that system. They've been playing that football for a while now. And it's come, all, and this is what it's culminated in. And okay, they are a small club, and they won't get promoted. But that's what Ipswich want to strive to do. But it's it's a mish mishmash of, of of little bits of light here and there, and then pretty much just same old dross for the rest of the ninety percent of the game. So for me, it won't change. And as I say, with Lambert, I think. Um, his clause will be to get us out of this division, and that's even more um, important now with the salary cap tightening even more next season. Um, if he doesn't do it, I think uh, Evans will exercise a clause to re- get rid of him. But of course, for us, he'll be too late, and we'll be facing another season in League One. So, I'd love to be more positive, but um, I just don't think it will but hopefully 2021 we'll get back into a stadium uh, i know david and tom thomas have been have been to games um but obviously i've been stuck up here so i haven't been we'll get back watching football again and uh it will be a pleasure to uh take you up the road to other away games uh in the future cheers thank you uh, Thomas, over to you then. Um, once again, I've missed, you know, being outside Porton Road after games with you and David and Liam, you know, doing game day. And, you know, that's, that, that routine has been, you know, very much missed. And, uh, you know, for yourself, summarise in three words, if you can, uh, the season so far. Uh, yeah, we've scored some more goals, though, than we normally do have. And, you know, my boy Gwilin scoring the goals, Chambers you know, rolling back the years at fullback, which I think a lot of us didn't want to see him at, you know, right back over again, but he's done okay. But yeah, your, your take on everything. I'll keep it short, as you asked me to. So we started off well and then it turned into a tragedy. Okay, happy with that. Fair, fair play, fair play. There we go. We, we, we were talking about steps at the beginning of the re- recording and uh, thought I'd bring that in as a nice little segue. Um, and then we're going to go on to John to round up the season so far, um, me and John actually did a separate video that will be on our YouTube channel on Facebook 
um, the season review of 2020. Uh, so if you want to watch that, watch that. But John, for the podcast, your take on 2020 uh, for town uh, or this season um, as a whole. Um, what are your key points and, uh, you know, any highs, but of course lots of lows. Yeah. Doesn't Blackpool seem like a long time ago? And who would have thought that an away win in Blackpool watching on uh, follow would have been the highlight of the season so far? But I'm struggling to think of anything better than that. I mean, Edwards' touch on that, his goal was superb, wasn't it? And, uh, and Chambers' goal was equally brilliant. You know, and that was a really uplifting experience, thinking that, oh, God, we took our chances. We were clinical. We did to another team what sometimes a team can do to us. And... Uh, so Blackpool stands out as my uh, best memory of the season so far. Um, there hasn't been that many to really write home about, to be honest. Um, we started promising, um, promisingly, um, but it's been inconsistent. He's, he's had a set formation this year, which we were all pleased about. The problem is plan A isn't that good and plan B doesn't exist very much. Last couple of games, he's, he's admitted he can now play his crap 4-4-2 for the last little bit of, of time. But the 4-3-3, when it was working with the more fully fit squad, you know, um, the midfield, um, we, we've missed some key people this year, haven't we? I mean, injuries has to be one of the highlights, or well, main points to make of last season and this season and 2020 and as a whole. Um, but Bishop and Edwards were definitely up there with Dizelle for me, the three of them, the highlights of the season so far, but two of them are out injured and one's missed a couple of games because of suspension. So, you know, that probably tells you where we're at. Um, the cavalry may come back at some point. Will we ever see Kane Vincent Young ever again? Uh, who knows? Uh, I would like to think so, but, um, you know, let's hope we can get Downs back on the pitch. Let's hope we can even, you know, who would have thought I would have been getting excited about Drynan returning, but, you know, I, I would be excited to see him back in because he gave us something at the beginning of the season. Um, I think overall, though, you've got to sum it up as being highly disappointing because it started off promising. And even amongst all Lambert's strange photo gate comments and young players getting mixed messages and then Evans is ill-judge words about, uh, you know, careful what you wish for kind of comments. It's not been a great season so far, has it? And as it stands now, I think we're seventh. Is that right? Where the games have been played over the last couple of days um, and over the festive period. And we're now got a game on Monday night um, uh, to look forward to on Monday the 4th. Um, and let's hope 2021 is going to be a better year for town. Um, so my three words are, um, please get better. Well said. And, um, well, the way we're going to end the podcast is, I will quickly mention, of course, we've got Fleetwood, um, which has been announced while we've been on the pod recording, which is always good to the story to happen before um, we stop recording, because that always happens is when, like, you know, you know, we'll finish the recording and some big news happens. But uh, yeah, the Fleetwood is going to be going ahead on Monday night. And that shall be hopefully an interesting game to watch. It'll be interesting to see which players are available. 
Um, of course, with you know, people have had some of the players have had COVID. Lambert himself has had COVID. He's been self-isolating and all that. So it'll be interesting how we get on against Fleetwood, and uh, hopefully it's better than the previous game against them because uh, yes, it wasn't good, was it? So uh, let's forget about 2020 um, and let's get into our New Year resolutions for town and yourselves as well. I want to add some more little personal stories as well in this. So um, our New Year wishes. I want to go to David first because I think he's very propped and ready. So your <laughs> New Year's resolution. I can't speak. Your New Year's resolution for town um, in 2021 and yourself as well. Um, town. Well, I, if I was in town, I want to see some. Um, see a change in the culture my, my my thing if i was in charge there would be to try to change the culture whether it's changing players whether it's changing how the players behave and things but changing the culture of it needs to happen so that would be my big thing as a manager would be trying to do that um and i was thinking about this earlier on when we were talking about um new year's resolutions and stuff and i've watched a lot of well, not a lot because it bores the living tits off me. But I've watched a reasonable amount of Premier League football during this um, last year because there hasn't been real football. There's only been that nonsense. And, dear God, is it crap. Um, Tippy-tappy nonsense around the back. People standing with a foot on the ball for a while. And there's a... Dear me, I was watching the Leeds-West Brom game the other day. And I just... I'd like a bit of Rotherham, you know. I'd, I'd like, a, I'd like, I'd just like somebody to have a little bit of sort of, right. You're trying to stand on the ball. I'm coming through you. I, I'd, a little bit of physicality, a little bit of aggression, and we don't have, you know, proper pressing. You know, they, sort of no camp in their fucking socks. You know, that's what I want to see. I want to see positive. I don't care if you lose occasionally. That's fine. I don't care if you come against somebody who's better than you. Whether it's West Brom a few years ago, that 5-1 defeat under Keane, QPR when they had Trabant up front, all of that. Great. They're better than me. We've lost. I want to see some aggression and I want to see some desire and belief that you're going to win. And if that involves a 3-2 win instead of a 1-0 win, great. Don't sit there when you're 1-0 up and go, OK, that's it, done, which, which is what we do. Some aggression, some power, that's what I want to see in there. And a, just a, an arrogant belief that, yeah, we're going to score one more than you. That's what I want to see from town. I have no faith that we're going to do it. It's going to be one of those um, New Year's resolutions that's pissed on by the first week of January. But um, <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I would like to see. Um, me, personally? <sighs> I don't do, do New Year's resolutions. If I'm going to change something, then I do it at that time. However, this coming year, um, I am going to go out of my way to be as sociable as is humanly possible. Um, if you go back nine, 12 months, then I would have quite happily told you, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm happy with my own company, you know. Yeah, it's, it's nice to own the pub and stuff, but I, I enjoy my own company and things. If it's one thing I've learned from this fucking shit show of a year has been I am not good in my, in my own company at all. I am a ridiculously sociable person. Um, 
I hadn't realised quite how gregarious I was, quite how much I liked talking. You lot all know how much I like talking. Yeah. I hadn't realised it. Um, that there's a vaccine there's two vaccines i'm so pleased that we're you know there's a list of who's getting it when and stuff the moment we are allowed into a pub the moment we're allowed into a club the moment we're allowed into somebody else's house i'm there and yes there'll be holidays and things but i am going to socialize i this this is party year the moment i'm let out that, that's that's my thing is I'm going to take absolutely every single possible opportunity to go to a cinema or a theatre, a pub, a club, a cafe, anything you like. That's that's my year. I'm going to enjoy it. Definitely, my friend. And hopefully we can enjoy it together. So, Brad, over to you, my friends. Um, hopefully I'll be able to meet you in 2021. Um, yeah, your New Year resolution for town and yourself. Yeah, for town, um, after this horrendous year we've had is to be back inside a full Portman Road. I'll never be full, but to be in a I don't know, eighteen thousand Portman Road would just be great again, wouldn't it? To all be <laughs> crap together, basically. It'd just it'd just be good to get back and enjoy the enjoy the day going down, having dinner, going to the game, um hopefully being happy afterwards or miserable together, but whatever the case is, you're all together and you're all in that atmosphere and you'll come out of the ground and you're all sort of dodging for everyone to get to somewhere and to be, to have that in 2021 and not be thinking about, oh my God, it's too close. Oh my God, I've put my mask on or whatever. Like, yeah, just to be able to get back to some form of normality in 2021 for town as a whole would be the best thing for me because, yeah, we, we speak about results and performances and that, but as fans, we just want to be at games. We just want to be at supporting our team. Um, and myself, um, I've learned, well, I've learned a while ago, but today um, we had the scan photo of our second child, so I'll be a dad for the second time. So, um, yeah, to be really cringy and be the best husband and dad I can be to a newborn baby and a two-year-old. Uh, when that one comes along and just just to be able to keep sane throughout it all and and um, just just have a great year really just get back to socializing with people and normality and having two children and my wife and that so hopefully a much much happier year I love it and I'm going to move on to Thomas next because um hopefully he'll be getting married next year in 2021 and um you know Hopefully, uh, you know, a good year for yourself. Um, your New Year revolution in... Well, can you say revolutions, not revolutions. <laughs> <laughs> it's resolution. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, for, for yours for town and also for yourself. Um, well, for town, I'll start off with... Um, I thought about it quite a bit and I thought, beat a top six, top eight, League One side. It's got to happen <laughs> now, isn't it? That's, that's got to be the town league... Uh, New Year resolution, surely. Not just the once, not more than once, more than once, not just the once, and then everything, oh yeah, <laughs> I just did it for the first time, and I think, oh yeah, we're all happy now, we'll beat a League One side, top League One side, and we'll leave it at that. Keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. I don't care if it's under Lambert or not, just, you know, do it a few times, secure, well, if we secure promotion, we'll come back down again, we, we've said that already, but we've, got, we've still got to start beating the top sides to, you know, fulfil our league one destiny let's say um but for me uh, I, I don't really have one for myself um just keep going as i am maybe 
sort out my career path, keep myself fit and healthy for 353 days' time, or 352 as the when the podcast goes out, which will be tomorrow, obviously, uh, for the wedding at the end of next December. So, so yeah. Um, but apart from that, um, I'm looking forward to 2021. Um, obviously, as well as David, been involved with Kings of Anglia for since the, for about 18 months now. So, I'm looking forward to carrying on doing that in 2021 and keep moving with that as well. Obviously, it's been a real, really enjoyable. I know we've had a bit of a break this year, I mean, summer and that, but um, yeah, carry on with that definitely as well. Quality, good to hear. I want to go over to good old Liam from Crow. Um, unfortunately, we won't be going to Grestry Road together. Sad times. No. Um, but 2021, <laughs> let's get into it then, you know, for town and also yourself, your New Year resolution. Well, Thomas has just stolen my one uh, for town <laughs> in terms of uh, the top, top team. But I guess the big one is promotion. Uh, that has got to be... Well, I mean, it is a resolution, but it's got to be a goal at the same time. It just has to happen. I mean, I know we've talked about Lambert, that if he, if if we, if we stick with him, we're likely to come back down. But we need to get up. So um, uh, obviously, beating uh, a top ten side, eight, whatever limit you want to put on it, um, will help in that. But promotion needs to happen, although it's looking very much likely it's going to be more likely playoffs than than automatics, although it is very tight. Um, for myself personally, um, before uh, Christmas, um, since I've been up here, uh, I have uh, lost just over a stone uh, in weight um, and I'm going to continue that into 2021 and continue to try and lose a bit more weight and keep myself a bit healthier this time and not put it back on um, so that uh, I can feel a bit better uh, about myself rather than tw- uh, waddling outside out of Portman Road on a Saturday night. Um, <laughs> binging on the next takeaway uh, uh, in, in another, another Bella Napoli while you're busy editing your video in the office uh, before we get the bus home. But, um, yeah, I look forward to those days returning. Um, And, yeah, just what everyone said, uh, look forward to getting back into ground, a bit more normality, and it will be very, very good, all of us, if we can get a a sesh at some point um, in the pub. I know for a few of us it's bit more difficult because a bit further away but um hopefully at some point we can all do a game day in person rather than uh over over skype um and uh yeah be uh great to great to finally get back to a bit more normality definitely well said and um over to who should i go next i'm gonna go i'm gonna leave john to oh no oh john wants he's putting his hand up okay then john we'll go over to sorry harvey leave you to last best to last <laughs> oh, i was just waiting well in case you've forgotten who you hadn't gone to that's all ross i know, I know. Really I've, I've clocked i've clocked i've clocked it i've clocked it that's the only one good thing i'm good at is uh knowing <laughs> but um for yourself and John, um, you know, it's been a busy year for yourself, you know, your head teacher and all that. Um, but yeah, your New Year resolution for town and, uh, 
yourself as well. I'll be interested to hear what you're going to say. Yeah, well, for town, um, I agree with what, you know, we, we, so often when we speak on this pod, lots of people say things that you, you think yourself, and that's what's good that um, whilst we've got some differing opinions, we generally have a good understanding of where the clubs are, and I agree with everything that the lads have said so far, but I would like to throw in there a, a, resolu- a resolution for keeping players fit. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice to have the majority of the squad available for the majority of the time because that doesn't happen that often these days so um, that would be a New Year's resolution and think I've gone for fitness uh, in personal as well because I could do the whole kind of get, start I, I want to get a little bit more uh, fitness back in my life um, I had an injury in my heel back in April and that stopped me running and I haven't run, run for eight months so um, I need to get um, back out there and that's um, something I want to put right um, now my injury's gone um, get running again and just have some fresh air since having um, Ziggy the dog I've enjoyed walking we went to the beach today for the first time he's been on the beach and that was bloody cold but wonderful he was he was loving it um, and then um, I guess the opposite of David in some ways. I totally agree with him. When we're able to, I can't, I, I can't wait to socialise with people. But I think it's just taking those little things for granted. When I get to see my mum and dad in person uh, a lot more than I have, that'd be really special to just spend a bit more time with people who are special to me. Um, catch up with some friends in person who I haven't seen for a long time in person and not necessarily do the whole going out but just actually see those individuals that I've really missed or realise I haven't had the same connection with. Um, and also, it would be great. I know I'm kind of having quite a few resolutions here, but at <laughs> some point, it'd be really fab for us um, all to get together at a match, um, home and away, and have uh, a, a chat after the game, hopefully over a few beers, and to look back and go face mask we don't need them anymore um i'd never want to hear the expression next slide please again or um <laughs> the expression furlough you know let's put them into the history books at some point in 2021 please that would be nice so yeah onwards and upwards yes oh, i feel I feel you know very emotional right now and i uh, just still got harvey to hear from but um harvey over to you to finish off the pod, your New Year resolution for yourself and town. I don't know how I top that. I think uh, <laughs> yeah. the, boys have, the boys have nailed it already. Um, in terms of town, it's very simple, but just to be, just to win a bit more um, on the pitch, I think as, <laughs> as fans, we're, we're 11th in League One. We, we never, ever think we're going to win every week we go in with the with the hope of course but we don't think we're going to win every week but just just to put smiles back on our faces a little bit more to see a little bit of progression we're not we're not asking to beat Barcelona every week and to produce Lionel Messi or whatever we just just a bit more just a bit more fun I think that's that's what that's what it's, it's lacking in the club at the moment it sounds so simple but I think it's it's just it's been taken away from us this last 12, 18 months or so. And I just think we need to enjoy watching town again. Um, this season, it's it's almost been, oh God, 
we're playing today. It's almost it's almost the inevitability of you know that that five o'clock misery. Um, so hopefully, just a bit more positivity for town. Um, in terms of what the boys said, I, I completely agree. In terms of in terms of the fitness thing, I, I mean during lockdown, I bizarrely anyone who knows me knows that this just isn't a me thing to do. I, I was actually enjoying going running, which um, for me is unheard of. So I completely agree. Um, building up my fitness a little bit, I think it's really important. Um, and the kind of three words has been the common theme of this podcast, but I'm going to end it with with three letters: DIY. This has been my ever since I've moved into into my place not long ago. As discussed before we went on there, the the silver background as you won't be able to see whoever's listening to this at the moment is going, and I'm um, I'm determined to get better at DIY. I'm not sure you're going to see me be the next Nick Knowles at any point, uh, <laughs> any point in the future. But I'm I'm um, I need to to work on my DIY skills, and uh, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully this time next year I'll uh, I'll have done my place up a little bit more and put my stamp on it. Well, lads, that was just that was amazing, and um, I want to say a final word for myself. Thank you, all of you guys being involved in the podcast. Uh, thank you to everyone listening as well, and all the other people who've been part of Gained Extra Time. I try, try my best to you know remind myself. Of course, Matt, aka Vu from the U2, unfortunately was wasn't able to be with us to today tonight tomorrow or whatever whenever you listen to this but um you know it's just been it's been great this year you know one thing you know good about 2020 has been you know technology is just amazing in it with skype zoom just mobile phones in general we'll be able to speak to people and just talk about the club we love and um you know it's not been the most greatest years following town but we've had ourselves to chat about it and debate and rant and everything david and um just you know moan about it and stuff so um but yeah big thanks to you guys and also all the listeners and if you guys want to get involved make sure to get involved in the game day extra time posse that's what we're called now apparently that is what uh, heathy mark heath is calling us now but um there we go there we have it the end of game day extra time the last one of 2020 it's a big one but we had to review 2020 as a whole and um yeah there we go i want to say a big thank you as ever and uh, we'll be back in 2021, hopefully a better year for the world and for town. I've been Producer Ross, and see you in the next one. From true crime to football, Brexit to Oakville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
gmail.com slash